Welcome back to Breaking Up with Michaela Simuntry. That's me, your host, and this is the podcast where we talk about breaking up, relationship advice, dating stories, and personal stories about some of the worst breakups, most embarrassing, or cringiest breakups of all time. So thank you for joining us today, and let's get started. Welcome back to this week's episode of Breaking Up with Michaela Simuntry. That's me, and this week's episode, as you can tell by the title, we are going to get kind of serious, but something that, it's something that I feel like I should talk about on such an extensive platform, and what I mean by extensive is lengthwise, I have so much freedom to be able to talk about this topic and not worry about you know, if it was a YouTube video, having it be too long or not having it be monetized for mentioning certain things. Like, this podcast is pretty unfiltered, like, as awesome as that is. So, as you can tell by the title of this episode, I really want to dive into what's been going on with me this last week, these last two weeks, give you a full update. We might venture a little bit away from relationship conversations just because I know last week in that episode with Crystal, if you missed that, definitely go listen. It was so fun. I'm not even sure if I really mentioned this, but I am changing the way that I kind of structure guest episodes on my podcast. I used to have them be super almost scripted because I'd have so many questions written out to ask the guest that it became almost like an interview and I didn't really like that like vibe anymore. So I'm really trying to change the way that I structure guest episodes and with Crystal last week it was completely unscripted. We just talked like the friends that we are and caught up and I gave a pretty in-depth update on what's been going on with me personally. Um, with my relationship, and Crystal gave her unfiltered opinion on it, which is always appreciated, and I think she said a lot of the same things that any good friend would probably say regarding what it is that I am currently kind of messing with, in a way. So, kind of a shameless self-plug to catch up on last week's episode if you want to hear more about that, but... Um, I really did just kind of dive in this week. Hi, how are you guys? I am, I'm okay. (laughs) It's been a week and it's almost Wednesday, but we'll get into that. So if you are new here, this podcast is originally a dating podcast where I can really just vent about all of my experiences with dating, love life, relationships, kind of like give advice, but also share my experience with everything that I've gone through because The first maybe like 10, I don't even know, 20 episodes? I think we're only at 22 episodes. So maybe like 10 episodes, I really deep dive into lessons that I've learned and how to get over a breakup or the biggest fights that I've had or like with a significant other, even talking about my sexuality and a little more in-depth information about that. It might surprise you. And then... Uh, toxic red flags, stuff like that. So I go over a lot of relationship topics on this podcast, but more recently I'm trying to embed more of like updates on my life in the beginning of each episode and having guests on and talking rather than just interviewing them, which I do love. Like all of the guest episodes that I've done in this podcast have been amazing and I do recommend them um, because it, it provides so much more 
like a broader perspective almost on people's relationship experiences and I have had some great guests and friends on that have shared their experiences like being groomed by a teacher for example which is insane that that happens or even trigger warning like dealing with abuse in a relationship so I do value those episodes and I think they are wonderful but kind of getting into a new almost era of these podcast episodes I want to be able to talk more about my life from week to week just so you feel like you are really getting an update on what's going on that you might not be able to get from Instagram or YouTube or any other social media platform that I'm posting on just because this is such an unfiltered and extensive long chatty platform for me just to vent about what's up and I've mentioned this a few times as well but this podcast for me is such a blind platform because I am sitting in my apartment right now it's 10 50 p.m on a Wednesday Fun fact, I've gotten into the habit of recording these the night before they go up. I'm not sure if that is a good thing because it's most recent updates, like current events, or if it's a bad thing because it can be kind of stressful and feel like it's a last minute obligation. But I do love recording these, so there is no negative energy regarding that. Um, What was I about to say? Why did I mention? Oh yeah, so now the episodes, I just want to talk more about updates on my life and what I'm going through, talk week to week about relationship stuff because ever since my ex and I broke up in March, I started to kind of feel a little like like I was lacking on relationship topics. When I first started this podcast, I had a huge list on um, a document on my computer of all of these episodes that I wanted to do and 21 episodes later, I've done most of them, and it just feels like some of them would be really stale that I haven't done right, like, yet to do, so I'd rather do this. I feel like that's a really long intro, but I do appreciate everyone that is listening, and I felt the need to almost give some backstory to what's up, because I do know that this podcast has a handful of new viewers, so thank you so much, or not even viewers, (laughs) listeners, Um, so thank you so much for listening. I hope that you enjoy. Now that I've kind of said all those disclaimers about this podcast, let's dive into this week's episode. In case you didn't know, this podcast officially has merch. If you like the Breaking Up podcast logo, then you'll love the hoodies, t-shirts, phone cases, mugs, socks, like you name it, that we have available for purchase. I felt super inspired by my creation of the logo with the hand squeezing the heart that I wanted to make some collections of merchandise, so definitely check it out. I tried really hard to design something for everyone, so there are a lot of options, colors, sizes, styles. We have pastels. We have an after dark collection of just all black with white text and logo for more of a minimal or emo vibe, which I love. Some have the logo printed small and subtle and other pieces have it in the middle. I just really tried to find something that anyone and everyone could enjoy. Definitely check it out and see for yourself. You can shop the Breaking Up merchandise at teespring.com slash store slash Michaela dash 
Or I know it's a lot easier to just click a link. So that will be in the podcast description as well. You can also find it on my YouTube channel as well. And even on the podcast's Instagram at breaking up underscore podcast in the description of that account. I have a coupon code for you listeners too. So if you use the code breaking up in all caps, you'll receive 15% off of your total purchase. This is another great way to show your support of the podcast. Even if you just give it a glance, I'd really appreciate it. So go check out my merch. This podcast wouldn't be made possible without listeners like you. And if you want to get more involved to help support the show, you can go to anchor.fm slash Michaela and click the support button. It only takes a couple seconds, but your donation can really help sustain the future of this podcast. So if you want to support the show and get more involved, consider becoming a listener supporter today. All right, so I've got my glass of red wine next to me a cat on the other side of me and like I mentioned it was 10:50. well now it's 10:52 on Wednesday night um I've had quite the day to be honest actually I've had quite the week and if you follow me on Instagram you may have noticed some almost like concerning stories I guess that I posted that I will get into but on a lighter note I got a new phone today <laughs> that seems very um first worldly almost problematic because like literally Michaela, who cares? But I am so excited about this because if you did not know, I was still using an iPhone 7, not even a 7 plus, if there was a plus for seven, just a rose gold iPhone 7 that I got, what, four years ago, which shouldn't be considered such a long time ago. But in the world of technology, that was four versions of iPhones ago. So if you do the math today, I treated myself pretty extens- like intensely and bought the iPhone 11 Pro Max. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> um, this has been a long time purchase coming, not only because I do a lot of work for my phone, whether it has to do with OnlyFans shoutouts, those transactions happen primarily through Instagram, Twitter, and then the payment details come through other apps on my phone as well. But with YouTube, responding to comments, like creating thumbnails, sometimes I'll edit the thumbnail on Lightroom on my phone before editing it on my laptop. So my phone is pretty essential when it comes to my self-employment and work and all of that. So when my iPhone 7 decided to run out of storage for like the 100th time, and no matter what I did, I kid you not, I have deleted every single message every single day. I delete my history on Safari and Google. I delete photos, videos, essentially memories that I didn't want to delete just to bring back some storage. And then 10 minutes later, my storage would be up again, even though I didn't download anything, like I didn't take more photos. So it's a little strange. And then I also saw a tweet by um, Joe, who's like sort of in like the extended family of the vlog squad. I don't even know his last name. So that's my mistake. My bad on that. But He tweeted something this morning being like, I'm not saying, but funny how everyone's phones are suddenly out of storage this week. And then he listed how his phone, Jason, David Dobrik's, like so many, and then Natalie even, like everyone in the vlog squad, I guess, have been experiencing the same thing that I've been experiencing this week. And so there were a lot of conspiracy theories about why all of our phones are out of storage lately, but 
hey, no matter what Apple or Aliens or the government is planning, it worked because I went to the Apple's... Marty, oh my god, my cat just... Sorry, I just had to hit record again because my cat came right between me and the mic and unplugged it. So <laughs> that is the professional studio that we are recording today's episode in. But yeah, no matter like what the government or Apple is planning, like it worked because I went right into the Apple store today and bought a new phone. Um, I bet it has to do with their new iPhone 12 that I think is releasing in the fall. I could be wrong, but I'm pretty sure that's what's happening. Um, so maybe they're making everyone run out of storage so that they'll buy the iPhone 12 when it comes out in like a month. Well, either way, I finally upgraded my phone after four years. It feels so good. So strange. I feel so like up to date now. I haven't had a face ID on my phone yet. So this is really new to me. I also, for the first time, don't have a home button. I mean, okay, I feel bad for the people that may listen that don't even have iPhones. You don't care about this at all. But I wanted to mention one of the big reasons besides the fact that I was still using a phone from four years ago. Um, one of the big reasons why I bit the bullet and went to the Apple store today because let's be honest, we are in the middle of a pandemic still and I would not be going into a mall to just window browse or shop around. Like going into the Apple store, I did take precautions. I'm actually like, side note, really proud of the Apple store because they are one of the few stores, probably the only store that's inside of a mall that is taking such big precautions regarding COVID because I don't know if you've been inside a mall these last few months or what it's like in your city or country right now, but in Minnesota, shopping malls are open again and most stores are just like open, you know? Like no, there might be, but we just haven't hit it. Like no regulations for how many people can be in the store. Obviously they tell you to wear a mask and social distance, but nothing that is like intensely put into place. Meanwhile, the Apple store has a line, well, like two or three separate lines in the walking like hallway of a mall, not even in the store yet. You can only enter the store if you've made an appointment online, which I did a few days ago. They take your temperature first thing. Um, And if you pass that, then you go to talk to somebody who works at the store. You give them your name so that they can check you in and they decide which line to put you in, whether it's for Apple support or like shopping. And since I needed to buy a new phone, I went into like the product service or whatever line. and your social distancing, of course, in these lines with like the stickers on the floor. And then you have a one-on-one shopping experience with an employee who stands on one side of the Apple table and you stand on the other. And there's no contact between products or your payment issue at all. Like it was pretty impressive. So um, why did I go on that tangent besides, oh, what? okay. So the reason that I did bite the bullet and get this phone has to do with what I am talking about in today's episode mostly, but I wouldn't just go to get a new phone, you know? And I'm someone that even if I can afford it, like I don't want to spend that money unless I have to. Like the reason I've had my phone for so long, even though, you know, my siblings roast me for it and friends give me crap for it saying like, get a new phone because my phone has been, my old phone has had a screen crack in it for over two years. And because I can still see the screen, it's not like doing anything besides being, you know, obnoxious. Um, I never got it fixed because I just didn't really see the point in spending that money to get it fixed when I could still use my phone. 
And that's kind of how I was with that phone is it's working. So why would I upgrade and get a new phone when I can just keep this one? Well, now that it's out of storage and we'll get into more as to like the big breakdown that happened as to why I so quickly got a new phone this week. But um, how do I really get into the story? Basically, Monday night, out of nowhere, and very surprising to me, I kind of had a really big anxiety, um, OCD, panic attack type, type of situation. And I don't remember the last time it's been that bad. And I didn't see it coming. It happened so quickly. And then once I was in that place of just feeling that way, I was stuck for a while. And something that I realized I had to do was get a new phone. So you might be kind of confused because it's like, how does your mental health and like the state of your phone connect and cause you to feel that way or have a panic attack or go through that? Well, my phone was really old, like I've mentioned a few times, and I was almost out of storage. I am someone that is super, super like OCD in my own way when it comes to technology. And I think social media is wonderful and such a great outlet and you can be so creative on it, but it also is a new platform that generations before us have never had to deal with in terms of mental health that has caused me to be even more OCD. I'm not OCD in the sense where my apartment is like like pristine condition at all times, super clean, because let's be real, it's kind of a hot mess during the week. but. I'm more OCD in the way that I check to see if my door is locked multiple times before I go to sleep for the night. Um, everything does have a place, and I do notice if it's moved, and it's I'm very specific with the way things are done, and that really transitions onto social media and my phone as well. I kind of hate saying this because it comes off in a weird way, but I'm very OCD when it comes to Instagram, unfortunately, and I've tried so hard to get better at it. And what's awesome and what I've always loved about YouTube is I've never cared about the order that I upload things or how it like looks. It's always like, post a video, it's up, doesn't matter the order because YouTube doesn't really, like that type of algorithm doesn't affect your success on YouTube. Whereas with Instagram, it is all about visual pleasure and aesthetics and kind of like how your feed looks. I love accounts that don't have feeds. I don't think you need to have like a specific theme to your feed is what I was trying to say. Um, And I, as much as I hate to admit it, totally care way too much about my feed and kind of making sure that there's a good variety of photos. And if if I post one that has a lot of like light highlights and light colors and the next one should have more contrast and dark and keeping everything looking in my eyes perfect and Monday night I was watching The Bachelor or the greatest seasons ever of The Bachelor and I just kind of had a feeling like oh now would be a really great time to upload an Instagram like I want to upload one and usually I stick to a schedule (laughs) this sounds so stupid to people that like are probably really normal (laughs) um Usually I just upload an Instagram Thursday nights and then sometimes Sunday or Mondays, but it's not, it's 
I don't know, like just Thursdays. That's good. That's when I upload. So Monday night for me to be like, oh, I kind of feel like uploading a new photo. I was kind of like, yeah, whatever, F it, let's do it. I have an app. I use Unum, U-N-U-M. I honestly don't recommend. They've had a lot of app issues. Like, I think there are better ones and they have horrible customer service. So, I mean, they don't. They've reached back out to me. I don't want to, like, shame them. But um, I just think there are better apps and the app has failed me a ton. So I don't want to recommend something that doesn't provide, like, the best um, service, I guess. But I do use that app to plan out my Instagram feed. And this is one of the problems with it is it didn't save all of my drafts that I had for like months. I don't know why. And I think looking back, it had to do with my phone running out of storage. It just stopped storing it. Like I lost a lot of things that were saved because my phone was out of storage. Um, so I lost the draft order of how I wanted my next like six photos to upload onto my Instagram. Again, kind of stupid, but some of us do it, so might as well just be proud of it. Um, and I thought I was going to be better. I was like, F it. I don't need to follow a plan. I'm just going to post what I want. And so I decided to post a photo that I wasn't planning to post until a few other photos later because I thought I was better. I was like, I haven't had an issue with Instagram in a long time. And guys, I... This is so embarrassing to say, but like three, no, five years ago now, because it was 2015, that was probably the worst for me when it came to Instagram and how controlling I got over it. There was a photo that I took in Chicago with my friend and I uploaded it and it was doing, you know, it was doing good. I should not have messed with it. And then I realized, oh, I wish I changed the tone of this one color to a little more pink to match my feed. Which is dumb, but you know, it gets to me. So I deleted the photo, re uploaded it, and immediately felt bad and just like never delete and re upload a photo. I'm such a hypocrite because I've done it before, but I debated deleting it again. And my friend at the time just grabbed my phone, shoved it in her purse, and said, you'll, you'll get this back in a few hours when you calm down, basically. So she didn't let me go on Instagram for like two hours. And then when I did, I felt a little bit better. You know, I'm glad I didn't delete it, but I literally had to have somebody intervene so that I wouldn't go crazy and keep deleting this photo until in my eyes I thought it was perfect. And this was back in 2015, like when I barely started my YouTube channel. Like I wasn't, not saying I am now, but back then, I mean, I literally just had my high school friends on it and Instagram was like such a different platform back in 2015. You know, influencers were such a different thing. Not everyone was like, trying so hard um so it just really goes to show how much that kind of messed with my head at such a young age and this kind of happened a lot in 2015 and 2016 where i would post something and then delete it and repost but then feel bad because i knew that people like wouldn't like would see it again and it wouldn't be the same but, you know, these last few years, I've just really learned to not care as much about that and just post and put away my phone. And I'm actually really glad that Instagram took away the ability for people to see how many likes you have because it just took away this unnecessary pressure or comparison between your account and others or even like your photos that you post. So I was doing really well for a few years. 
but then something happened this last Monday and I don't even know where it came from, but just to keep the story pretty short, because I know I've already rambled a ton, I usually plan out what I'm going to post on Instagram pretty far out in advance. I'd say like at least two rows, so like six photos to maybe nine. And I do kind of take, um, I like pleasure is such a weird word, but I do take pleasure in like how photos look next to each other. And that I think is part of my OCD. So I do appreciate and kind of care a lot about the order of photos, not only like visually and how it looks, but in chronological order too, because that is very like OCD of me is I have to have everything in a certain order. And when I look back on my Instagram as like memories down the road, I want to remember certain photos that happen on a certain day as they happened in real time so that I know this like occurred before this event happened. Um, and yeah, to keep it short on Monday, I was watching The Bachelor and I kind of just wanted to post an Instagram post and I like stupidly posted a new photo that I took even though I had like six photos planned to go up and I don't really know why I let myself do this. I think I was just so excited to post it and then immediately afterwards I felt sick and like so upset because I should have posted the other photos first, which I know out loud sounds so silly and doesn't matter, but in that moment, and to me, and like my organization, like craziness, it did bother me a lot. And, you know, five minutes went by and I was like, oh, I can't delete it because it's already posted, like people are seeing it and commenting, like I just want to keep these comments because they're genuine and fun and I don't want to be that person that I used to be who got so obsessive with Instagram and controlling and caring that I ended up deleting photos and re-uploading and having my friends have to hide my phone from me. But I think within 15 minutes, I cracked because I couldn't stop and it felt bad. You know how sometimes you post something on social media, whether that's Instagram, Facebook, or YouTube, or whatever, and you have such a good feeling about it and you're so excited that it's out there and people are like, engaging with it and every single time you get a notification it just like makes you happy um the opposite was happening for me this night like the longer it stayed up the more engagement that I got it irked me and it made me feel very anxious like I started getting a headache and sweats and shaking and I just felt so sick and I had like trouble breathing so within 50 minutes within 15 minutes I cracked and I deleted the post even though I didn't want to do that because I was trying to be in the moment and not follow a like feed theme or plan. I just wanted to be more spontaneous because people that I admire on Instagram like I think Haley Pham and Emma Chamberlain and bigger influencers like that, they have such a carefree feed and I don't know, maybe they do plan it but they come across so chill and their photos are they don't seem to be in like a very meticulous order so i was just trying to be more spontaneous with my posts and i realized i can't do that so after i deleted it i uploaded the photo that was planned to go up in my feed because i had maybe like six photos i think that i wanted to post first before the one that i originally uploaded and then i felt bad because there would be a handful of people on Instagram that would know what I did. <laughs> I 
And it's not me saying I care about what people think of me, but I just felt kind of embarrassed that I cared that much and there were people that saw that and whether or not they realized what happened, it was like, oh, why did I let myself do that? I should have just, like, I don't know. I say I should have just left the other photo up, but knowing me, I know myself and I know what keeps me kind of like sane. I need a plan. I need a structure. This goes for like anything in life. If I have plans with friends, I need to know like, okay, where are we going? What time are we going there? Is there parking? Like, what do I do with my car? I don't know why and if anybody else can relate to this anxiety, but whenever I go somewhere new, where I'm parking my car is such an anxiety for me because street parking, like parking ramp, like do I have to pay for it? Is it like parallel parking? Is there a lot? Am I going to have to walk? It, I, it's something I end up having to Google a lot to figure out, but um, basically what happened on Monday night with the whole Instagram anxiety and how quickly it was triggered, I realized the problem stemmed a lot deeper than just that post and what happened and how I realized I haven't really done that in a few years and it's happening now. After I calmed down, I still had such a bad headache all night and every other symptom of anxiety that you can think of, which yes... I get anxiety, but I didn't get it this bad to the point where on the outside, I looked frozen, but on the inside, it was like wildfire, you know, like it just was on such a sensory overload of emotions and fear and stress that I couldn't move, couldn't think, had such a bad headache and couldn't really do anything. I couldn't be like productive. Three, four hours would go by and I was just stunned and on my phone or not even being able to go on my phone. And I realized kind of when I came out of this state of mind later on in the evening, maybe like past midnight, that this problem stems so much deeper than what just happened. And I think I was mostly just confused too. Like, why did I act that way? Why did it affect me so much? Why did I end up deleting something when I haven't done that in years on my Instagram? And why did it make me have such a bad panic attack internally? Now, I've I've had panic attacks physically on the outside where you feel like you are dying. And I, I want to describe this as a more internal panic attack because I felt that way, but I was frozen. And I think there are different types of panic attacks that people can suffer from. So when I say that I felt I had a panic attack, that's the type that I feel I had, just to clarify. So yeah, a few hours later after I've kind of like gotten a little bit better and was able to breathe and drink water and try to get some work done and I was in bed, I whipped out the weighted blanket for the first time in months to sleep under that. I kind of realized the core issue here and that's what I want to talk about today is it's not about the photo, it's not about the feed or like how my photos look next to each other, which on the surface it is, but deep down... It's about this new pressure that I didn't realize I was starting to feel because up until now, I think I was handling it really well. And it's this pressure and stress that I have myself put onto me to be better, be perfect, be cute, be that girl, be whatever it is that is successful because I have gotten super lucky in 2020 Uh, I don't even know how else to say it. I mean, yes, it's hard work, but like, what the heck? Um, And I grew really fast 
on social media. I know that I am still such a small YouTube channel and such a small Instagram account, but a few months ago, I hit 20,000 subscribers and had like two, 3,000 followers, followers on Instagram. And I knew I was like, just me, you know? Like, it's just me and my friends. We're hanging out, no pressure. And then very, very quickly, I am now almost to 50,000 on YouTube and over 8,000 on Instagram. And I used to get so excited when a post would have, like an Instagram post would hit like 200 likes. And now that number has two, four, six, quadrupled. Sorry for the really bad math. I had a glass of wine. Um, And I feel this pressure almost to continuously have better engagement and results with every new post that I have. And there are so many new people and um, like people judging me, not judging, criticizing. Mm, I don't know. The audience has gotten a lot bigger is I guess is what I'm trying to say. And I'm still the same girl. (laughs) And I don't really feel like I've changed at all. Hopefully not. Like I'm still, I'm still me. But now there are a lot more eyes on me. And I get a lot more criticism and critiques in my comments of YouTube videos and Instagram. And I'm starting to feel like I need to keep up whatever I was doing that led to this moment. Um, So yeah, I I think I can say that like the pressure is starting to get to me and I completely understand how people with insane amount of subscribers sometimes break down and have these moments like Elle Mills a couple years ago, for example, because she grew insanely fast. Um, And that from the outside probably looks like it's a dream come true. Like, oh my God, what could go wrong? But your amount of work that you have to put into your what like content it increases so insanely you may be doing like the same thing like a video a week for me it's a video a week a podcast episode a week an instagram post a week um and then i reply to youtube comments on the daily and i respond to dms constantly every single day so yeah like you might be doing the same type of content but now the work that you're putting in there's so much more about it. I don't even know how to explain it, but with YouTube videos now, I it I don't want to say it has to be perfect, but I am feeling that pressure now to create better and better content because I have a bigger audience and I want to keep people happy. Same goes for Instagram, same goes for like responding to comments. Like I try so hard to respond to everybody and keep up and I never want to lose that connection with people that support me because it is literally because of you guys that I am here doing what I love. Um, but I, I think that photo example of like not being secure with it and then deleting it because I felt insecure about it is a great tipping point of me realizing oh, I'm really stressed and put myself under pressure to be perfect online and that's impossible. And I know like I'm, I try to be really real in my videos, you know, like not wear makeup, be like be real about things. I don't know how else to explain that. If you watch my content, hopefully you understand. But I guess perfect in the sense where I am productive and people like say that they're so inspired by my work ethic and like, I'm such a girl boss and all of that. Like, that's what they say. And I appreciate it, but 
sometimes it's like super stressful and I can barely keep up. And I think Monday night was kind of just highlighting that and really showed me that there is so much stress on my shoulders right now um, just to continue like producing as much content as I do and make it look so effortlessly and be so almost like happy all the time online, which I know, and you guys would be the first to know if I wasn't happy because I do not hide that. I have so many videos of me crying and this podcast alone, I think highlights those kind of like harder moments in my life of breakups that I talk so freely about. But yeah, I think I'm just really starting to understand that the more that your audience grows, like the more pressure almost and stress it is because you don't want to let them down. And whereas with like a smaller channel, I was always like, oh, like there's, there's no pressure because it's just me and like my YouTube channel. But now, even though it's still a small channel, I have a lot more people that I could potentially let down if I don't post a video, if the video quality isn't as great as like the first video that they saw of mine. And I want to make people happy and do that. So I actually reached out to my therapist this night, like literally one in the morning. I was sitting there with my cracked iPhone 7 that was completely out of storage and I had her contact pulled up and I just debated because I haven't seen my therapist since 27, 2018, 2017, 2017. So it's been three years. I love this woman so much. She is the best therapist that I've ever had. She was working with me since I was 17 years old, fresh out of the adolescent psych ward. Um, she was assigned to me because part of my like deal to be discharged from the hospital was seeing a therapist. And I mean, that's a whole other story that I might be able to get into. I guess I've never really talked about that on any platform yet. Um, and yeah, so I worked with her from age 17 basically through college. And then of course, like she moved away for a bit. I moved a couple places with college. And as I was entering my young 20s, I just kind of felt like I didn't need to see her anymore. Plus finances played a part because as a 17 year old, um, I wasn't making like a lot of money. I was a kid. And in my early 20s in college, like I didn't really have a lot to drop on therapy every single week. So it was the most like healthy, stable, positive therapy, like, example that I've had or experience that I've had in my life, um, without getting too much into it, I had been force-fed therapists since I was maybe 12 years old because of a lot of things that were going on in my personal life, and I refused to participate with so many of those therapists growing up because I never felt like I could trust them. I know there is a confidentiality aspect to clients and therapists, but I was a minor and a lot of what I said, they would tell my mom. And I knew that my mom would be on the phone with this person and I just didn't feel safe. So I did not participate in therapy for a long time. And then when I was kind of forced to see this therapist, when I got out of the hospital at age 17, a junior in high school, it was the first time that my mom didn't drive me there, that my mom didn't even have her cell number, that my mom wasn't involved in calling, asking how it went, telling my therapist like things that I would say or do at home or things that she would find. Like 
I finally had trust and that was so important and we did get along really well. I think there is like a compatibility measure when it comes to who your therapist is and if you don't mesh well, like it can make it more difficult to heal and make therapy successful. So I was really lucky that I meshed really well with who I was seeing that I ended up seeing her for what, like five years? No, much longer than that. 17 to like now. <laughs> Guys, I'm so bad at math. 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, about five years consistently. And then here and there, I would reach out if I felt like I really needed her. And I just hadn't really felt like I needed her the last two or three years of my life. You know, I finally moved out. Once I was in my own environment, a lot of that toxicity that I was dealing with and negative, um, just toxic things in my life were gone because I was finally in control of my environment and I could live alone and I wasn't dealing with a lot of the triggers that I was dealing with as a child. So things were getting better very quickly. And I had a job. I was more financially independent. Like, I was able to articulate a lot of the things because of her that I was dealing with, including discovering that I had bipolar. And once I realized what I had, it made recovering or just dealing with it so much better. Because now, instead of being like, why do I feel this way? I understand what I'm feeling. And I, this is like, weird, I guess, to say, but whenever I'm feeling, like, down, I'm not afraid of it anymore because I'm like, oh, well, I have bipolar, so pretty soon I'm gonna feel like it's the most, like, happiest, best day of my life. I just have to hold on and then it will get better. <laughs> um, so it was really healing in the sense where I understood what was going on with me and that helped, but Monday night, three years later, I drafted out a message to her because I didn't know what she was up to. It's been three years and I know COVID is like a big thing this year, so I don't even know if she was still practicing. I don't know if she like lives where I live anymore. And I didn't even know if she had my number, but I texted her just being like, hey, it's Michaela Smuntry. <laughs> I know it's been a while. Um, yeah, and I just said, you know, this might be a long shot, but are you still in practice? And would it be possible to be your therapist? Or wow, would it be possible to be your client? Um, I just kind of said like a lot has changed, but I would feel most comfortable seeing you professionally because she knows everything and it takes so long to build that trust and share those moments of your childhood with someone that it would just be easier if it was with somebody who already knew me. And she texted me back the next morning and your girl's going back to therapy. So I feel like this was the longest explanation for going back to therapy again, but I am so excited to finally have this consistent like chat with somebody and vent every single week about a lot of things that I can't really tell a lot of people. Like I could tell the people in my life, but they won't really get it and they're biased. So that's kind of the beauty of a therapist is they're this neutral person that you're like paying to listen to you. <laughs> Um, but I'm hoping I made out a list of like the three main things I want to work on in therapy because when I was forced to go as a child, it was so different. You know, they're just like, how's school? How's life? Like they try to feed things out of you because you're kind of forced to be there. Um, but I am in so much more control of my life now and I feel that and I realize this is my time and my money. So I just want to be better at it. So I did write out a list of like the three things that I want to work on in therapy 
The number one thing being, like I just explained, learning how to control my stress and pressure that I'm putting on myself and figure out a way to like not be so stressed out by my job because I can't really take the cause of it away. Like it's my passion. I love it. But I don't want to feel this pressure of being perfect anymore without even realizing that I was dealing with that, you know? So I just want to get better about that and trigger points and figuring out how to manage and balance stress when it's my work and my work is my life, Um, which is kind of like a unique situation or problem to have to deal with because not everyone can relate to that. But hopefully she can help me just kind of come up with ways to control and manage how I feel and prevent me from breaking down over an Instagram post again. The second thing I want to work on in therapy is actually grief. And I don't talk about this a lot. And nobody has passed away recently, but I feel like I I know healing isn't linear. I know grief is something that never goes away. But lately, I just feel very, very sensitive to somebody that passed away over 10 years ago to the point where I can't think or talk about her without crying. And I mean, I was driving down the highway and I passed where her house used to be and I started to cry in the car. So that never used to happen. I just want to like see if that's like me being too sensitive right now or if it's something deeper than that. And then I also have grief for somebody that isn't even dead. And I don't know if that makes sense. And I film clips for a video every single time I like cry and talk about it. I don't know if that video will ever be posted, but I am kind of collecting data and emotions of it right now. But Um, I have grief for the loss of somebody that is alive yet will never be who we thought, like, this person would be, and they were kind of robbed of a chance of life. That is so vague, but I want to dive deeper into that as well and kind of deal with that grief that I carry. And then the third thing I want to work on, or even just, like, the third point of going to therapy is, you know, having that place to vent and talk. I think that is going to be so healing for me to have a place in like an hour a week to just vent about what I'm going through because as awesome as this podcast is to give me an hour to vent, um, it's just going to be different when it's between my therapist and I and I can just unfilteredly say everything that is on my mind. Um, And it's like, it never hurts. I honestly think anybody and everyone can benefit from therapy. I don't think you have to be specifically going through something uh, like intense to have to see a therapist. I think everyone, even if you think your life is like pretty good, can benefit from therapy. I don't think this is anything ever to be ashamed of, like never be ashamed of therapy or mental health. Like it is something we need to work on normalizing. And I know that there is somebody in my personal life that went back to therapy for the first time um, just a couple months ago during quarantine. And I really did politely push this person to see somebody professionally to help because of what they were going through. But since then, I almost felt like a hypocrite because I was pressuring, not pressuring, I was asking them to get help so often, but here I was not even in therapy. Like, why was I pushing somebody else to get help when I wasn't doing that for myself? So I'm really glad that I reached out and that she is still working as a therapist and it's going to be so awesome to be able to catch up and just have somebody help me (laughs) again Um, starting next week. So I will keep you guys updated on that, but I'm really excited to start therapy again. It was so good for me. I always looked forward to it. And what's funny is I'm actually like a little nervous now. And like, as soon as she responded, no, not even as soon as I sent the first message past midnight, 
I was shaking and I had like this weird flip in my stomach like right before you'd give a speech or something. Like I felt so nervous for her response, but as soon as we worked out everything and now we have a date and a time set up, I feel so relieved and I cannot wait. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I hope it helps. I mean, obviously it will, but I just have a lot to vent about with explaining what I discovered about social media and the stress that I didn't know I felt. And who knows, maybe she'll enlighten me about something else too that I didn't even realize I was feeling or doing. But that's basically like all that I wanted to say right now on mental health and therapy. And I hope that you can understand. I was really worried about how to explain the Instagram situation because I didn't want it to come off like shallow or in a weird negative way like oh I posted a photo and deleted it and got upset because I lost likes like it's so much deeper than that and it does freak me out because like I'm not going to lie when I say that the photo was doing a lot better than other photos that I've been posting lately so why would I delete it and then I did and I was mad at myself but I'm afraid it won't do as well when I upload it again Again, which is silly because it shouldn't matter and I know it doesn't and usually I post a photo and then like get off the app for a few hours thanks to my friend back in 2015 for teaching me that technique by forcing my phone away from me but yeah I mean maybe you can relate to some of this pressure on Instagram or social media that I feel like I've always wondered and like reached out to other people asking if they have ever felt the same way about Instagram because I cannot be the only one that gets so OCD and meticulous about it and every time I try to not be, it makes the anxiety worse. So I think I've just learned that like I'm the type of person that needs to plan out posts that has to feel good about it. I don't know. Just some thoughts. But um, yeah, I hope that that kind of explains my Monday night Instagram panic attack pretty well and accurately. Uh, no judging, please. I'm like afraid almost to post this because I just don't want anyone to invalidate my experience. But yeah, I mean, it has been like a weird stress lately and I don't even know how to explain it because from the outside, it just looks like I'm home every day and I, I'm self-employed and I work from home. Like you have all the time in the world. And I know I get friends all the time that are like, do you want to go hang out? Do you want to go to the pool? Do you want to get drinks? And I'm still like, I'm working. Like, they're like, oh yeah, but like you just post videos, so you don't have, like, there isn't an acknowledgement of like how much I actually have to do and how much stress I am under to get things done. But I mean, a little like insight on how my schedule looks day to day now. And all of that is basically, I wake up as soon as I can, which sometimes it's nine, sometimes it's 11, just going to be honest. But I know the earlier that I get up, the more money that I'll make. And what's really awesome about being self-employed is that I am in complete control of my income and how much I'm making, which is awesome. But at the same time, it can almost be addicting because the earlier I get up, the more money I make, the later I sleep in, the less hours that I have to make money. So I wake up as soon as I can, start doing some OnlyFans shoutouts, get as many as those done as I can. Around 2 p.m., I'll take a break to go to the gym. I'll work out, come home and shower, and then I'm right back to my laptop doing more OnlyFans shoutouts. Um, I'll take a break to eat dinner. In between all of this, I am also responding to comments on YouTube, replying to DMs, and then I usually spend the last hour or two before bed editing that week's video, but no matter how much time I feel like I spend editing, 
the night before the video goes up is usually an all-nighter where I completely perfect editing the video, export it, upload it, have it processed, make the thumbnail, work on keywords, tags, put in the ad slots, the i the cards, and slates. It takes a lot of work and it's a lot of time. So um, learning to kind of manage all of that and balance my stress and or like even just like learn more about balancing my workload because as relaxed as I think I feel because I'm at home and in PJs and like drinking wine while I work if I want to, I guess I didn't really realize that I'm still stressed and it's still a lot to have to learn to balance completely on your own. And it's all learning experience and I'm still, I'm still trying to get better at it. I think I came up with a really good schedule and I started to try to take weekends off from OnlyFans shoutouts, which has helped a ton, but I'm still using my weekends to edit videos, plan podcast episodes, respond to comments, and get like work done that I wouldn't necessarily have time to do it during the week, which includes cleaning my apartment, doing laundry. Like I let my apartment unfortunately get pretty messy during the week because I'm so focused on work. So it will be really helpful to kind of learn more tactics and like techniques to figure out how to not <laughs> be like this, I guess, to summarize. So yeah, I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for listening. And I hope that I didn't sound too insane about Instagram. I'm starting to get worried about how I came across, to be honest. But that's me just being completely honest and real with you. Um... I am currently in the middle of uploading tomorrow's video, which will be up, well, I, I guess it depends on when you listen to this, but I'm doing a video on investing. It's like a vlog, but the main point of the vlog is talking about investments and my tips and tricks and experience with that. So I am currently uploading that right now and I need to create the thumbnail and do everything that I basically just told you I do once the video goes up and it's 11.40 p.m. So. I still have a lot of work to do. I'm going to end the podcast episode here, but thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week, and I will talk to you guys next Thursday. Bye! If you want to get involved, have feedback, or perhaps your own story you'd like to share, please email me at breakingupwithmikayla at gmail.com, or you can reach out to any of my social media and send me a DM. I'm always looking for future guests, so if you want to save your story for an episode to guest star on, be sure to mention that in your message as well. Don't forget to leave five stars, subscribe, and have a nice day.